Hi, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Got a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. Try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve uh, our Lord. Uh, One quick thing before we get started with our podcast. um, I've actually kind of revamped uh, the media that I use uh, to to put the podcast on social media. So I'm actually setting up a new account. So look for that soon. So I'm setting up. Um, a new Instagram account. I'll set up a new Twitter account. Um, but as of right now, you can find it on LinkedIn, and that's where you can also message me if you have any questions. Just look at my name, Jordan Pugh. You see my picture there, and the podcast links. And then also you can find me on Pinterest. And so just search my name, Jordan Pugh, and then uh, the podcast. There's a certain board for uh, when the scriptures become real uh, on Pinterest there too. Uh, so you could look those up and those are both avenues to where you can directly message me and we can talk about the Bible and other things. So um, we're going to set that other stuff up. So uh, just continue to look out for it. So in, in today's podcast, what we want to talk about is love always sacrifices. Love always sacrifices. You know, I'm a sucker for a good love story. Right. I remember um, one time, I think it was, uh, I can't remember, maybe middle school or high school, um, but I just got done playing basketball and I walk in the house. And usually after that, I would watch, you know, ESPN to kind of check up on, you know, the sports highlights or maybe there's a baseball, basketball game on or something. So I come into the house and usually the TV's pretty much free. But I came in and mom happened to be watching a a movie. Uh, It was. It was a Hallmark movie, right? So I walk in and, you know, I kind of just, you know, hang out there and kind of wait until, you know, the movie's over so I can get to the TV. Um, But, you know, I didn't expect to sit there and watch the rest of the movie, right? And, you know, essentially the movie was kind of about a guy that came back, but then his girl had another dude and then he kind of had to live life watching his girl uh, with another guy, but he still had feelings for her. And so he kind of was... You know, trying to win her back, but trying not to at the same time. And so, you know, I, you know, I'm always rooting for the underdog guy. I'm always rooting for that dude. And so, you know, I kind of, I was like, well, I was sitting there watching. All right, what's going to happen, right? What's going to happen? And so, by the end of the movie, mom was like, I can't believe you sat here and watched that whole thing. And you know, I was sitting, I'm like, it's pretty good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a pretty good movie. So I'm, a, I'm a sat for a good love story, right? You know, and, and you think about. Um, the world's view um, of what love is, right? You know, you watch all of these movies, you watch, um, you know, all these shows. And the biggest thing that people talk about love is, you know, a, a Disney love story, a Disney love fairy tale. You watch all these Disney movies, all of them have some aspect of losing love, gaining love back again, or finding it, right? Everybody wants that Disney fairy, you know, that fairy tale Disney love story. Everybody truly wants that, right? But, you know, what I want to talk about today is what will love really do? What does love do? So if you love somebody, what will love do? And one of the biggest things um, from the scripture, from learning from Christ himself, from learning from God, from learning about great men and women of faith, The thing that love will always do, actually one of them, is love will always sacrifice. 
And, 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 you know, when we talk about sacrifice, it's not just sacrificing one thing. Love continues to sacrifice, right? So it doesn't just do it once. Love continues to sacrifice. And what we're going to do, we're going to look at a couple um, examples of that type of sacrificial love um, that the Bible talks about. And then we'll eventually get to the love that the Lord has. All right. So one of my favorite um, you know, love stories in the Bible comes from Genesis chapter 29. So let's go on and turn there. And again, remember with this podcast, guys, we use the Bible for our uh, for our avenues of, of study and scripture and our springboards for our topics and study. Um, and so, again, get your phone out, get your Bibles out, tablets out, wherever you can find a Bible. Go on and follow along um, because this is where uh, the main springboard comes from what we're talking about. All right. So, okay, Genesis chapter 29. So remember, <clears throat> if you're not familiar with what happens here, just to give you some context here, Jacob is here at his, uh, at, at Laban's house. And Laban has two daughters, Leah and Rachel. And so uh, Jacob uh, wants to marry uh, one of the daughters. But on his wedding day, he pulls out the veil and it's Leah. It's not the daughter that he wanted. And so he had to marry Leah. But he really wanted Rachel. And so he said Rachel is very beautiful. He loved her. Right. But I want you to notice uh, Genesis chapter 29. And let's start uh, in verse number 18. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And Laban said, it's, it is better that I give her to thee than I should give her to another man. Okay, so abide with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel. And they seemed unto him but a few days because of the love that he had to her. And so, okay, so people, we, we kind of gloss over that. But think about, remember, we're talking about what, what does love do? Love will always sacrifice for the other person. Look at what Jacob was willing to sacrifice to get Rachel. He was willing to give up his time and he was willing to wait for her. You know, one thing that love always does, love always waits um, because it, it absolutely wants what's best for the other person. But notice here, he waited for seven years. Can you imagine waiting for something for seven years? You know, people, we wait for certain things. We wait for phones to come out. We wait for new cars to come out. We wait for uh, new this to come out or new that to come out. And we want it now, right? When something new comes out, we, you know, think about the new iPhone, right? People wait forever for those things to come out. And then when they come out, you want to grab it really quick, right? But think about what Jacob was willing to do. Not only was he willing to wait, but he was willing to wait for seven years. Seven years is a long time, if you really think about that. I mean, if you think, I mean, going through the Memphis School of Preaching for two years, those two years, some days seem like 15 years, you know, and, now, and imagine him waiting and working for seven. But guess what that proved to Rachel? That proved that Jacob really cares about me. Because he's willing to work and wait for seven years for me. And so here's the thing that love has. And this is good for a single people. Maybe if you're married, maybe if you're dating, whatever. But this is good 
to show that what love can do. Love waits and it waits patiently. But notice he was working while he was waiting. Right. So there's a there's a difference there. But then I want you to notice something else about love. What else will love do if you love somebody? Love does what's absolutely best for the other person, even though it may not be with you or it may be without you for a time. Because, look, remember, Jacob served for seven years, but could he be with her? He couldn't be with her until that seven years was fulfilled. So guess what he had to do for seven years? He had to he had to separate. Now, could they see each other? Possibly. Could they talk? Possibly. We don't know. We don't know. Right. But the thing we do know is that Jacob couldn't be with her for seven years. Now, let's let's really look at this. You know what this shows? This shows. Number one, it shows Jacob's faith in God that he would continue to work and work and work for her, even though he couldn't have her right now. Then number two, it showed um, Rachel's faith in God and it showed Rachel's faith in Jacob. Now, imagine, ladies, think about this for a second with me. If some guy said, you know, I can't be with you right now, but, you know, give me seven years and then I'll come back and we can be together. How many of you ladies would wait for the guy for seven years? Wouldn't you have doubts? Wouldn't you question his love for for you? Wouldn't you question if he's really going to come back? Would you question if he fell in love with somebody else? Would you question, did he forget about me? Would you question all that stuff? Possibly, you, you probably will. But notice, this shows Rachel's faith in God, and it showed Rachel's faith in Jacob that Jacob, even though he wasn't there possibly, but even though they couldn't be together right now, it showed that she had enough faith that he wanted what was absolutely best for her. Right. And that's that's one attribute that every good relationship needs to have is that sense of trust. But both parties need to trust God more than they trust each other, even even when they're apart. And that's the, the beautiful thing about the relationship with Jacob and Rachel is that for seven years, possibly, let's say if they were apart, they still had enough faith in God and enough faith in each other that at some point it would work. And that point was seven years. Right. So love will always sacrifice and wait. But here's another thing that love will do as well. Love will not be afraid to let go if possible. What are you talking about? Don't you want love to be together? Don't you want everything to work out? Oh, for sure. You want that to happen. But if you do love something, sometimes it may be possible that you might have to let it go. What are you talking about, man? Notice this. Go to um, Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. Now, this is not an example of like a guy and a girl love story like we just talked about before with Jacob and Rachel. But this is a it's it's still the same principle here. And I want to pull this principle out from Genesis chapter 22. Now, let's give some context here if you don't know what's happening. Now, remember, all the way in Genesis chapter 12, God called Abraham and he said, your seed's going to be great. And a son is going to come through you and Sarai. 
Now, remember, at this time, Abraham and Sarai, or Abram and Sarai at the time, were in their 90s and in their 80s, right? Or 90s and 100s, I'm sorry. They were they were old. They were way past childbearing age. But God said, this promise is going to happen through you, right? So then they, they wait, they wait, they wait. And then he goes and he tells uh, Abram to sleep with Hagar, Sarai's handmaid, and then Ishmael's born. But God says, that's not the right one. That's not the right son. So then they wait and they wait and they wait and they wait again. And then Isaac is finally born. Now, from Genesis chapter 12, from Genesis chapter 20, uh, Genesis chapter 21. Did you know that Abram, that that one promise that God promised him, Abram had to wait 25 years for that son to come. 25 years. It's a long time to wait. Right. And so notice the son is finally here. You've waited all that time. Now he's finally here. You made a mistake with with one son. Now you actually you have the right one now. And then notice what God tells him to do. Now we're in chapter 22. And it came to pass, verse 1. After these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here am I. And he said, Take now thy son. Now, notice the phrasing that God tells Abraham here. Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest. And get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. So remember, look, look at what we're talking about here. Look how he describes the thing that Abraham loves the most. Thy son. Then he says, your only son. Then he says, the son whom thou lovest. Notice the Bible doesn't say that the son that you love it says the son that thou love is because he knew you waited 25 years for him to get here. You went through so much for him to get here. Now that he's finally here. Now he says, I want you to sacrifice him to me. Well, imagine how Abram's feeling right now. The one thing that I love so much that I don't want to give up. And you're asking me to give up. But notice that Abraham ever complained. Notice the faith that Abraham had here. Abraham had enough faith that even if he had to kill his only son, he had enough faith that God would still help. You know, and remember earlier we talked about those Disney examples. One of my favorite Disney movies is uh, is is Beauty and the Beast. I like that movie a lot in terms of Disney love story movies. Um, I read something the other day um, that said Beauty and the Beast is a great movie because that's the love story where the prince is saved. And not the princess necessarily. But that's something else. But there was one part in the movie where, uh, you know, the mob um, was after Belle. And they knew that she was living with the beast in the house. And uh, the beast loved her so much. But the beast didn't have enough time. Because remember, the roses were falling off. uh, Or the petals were falling off the rose. And after the last petal fell, he would stay a beast forever. And so notice what he did. In order to protect her. He said, uh, you know, you need to leave. You need to go back so nothing will happen. And so the clock, remember the talking uh, clocks and the talking animal or the talking house pieces? The clock asked uh, asked the beast, well, what are you doing? You've been waiting for so long. Why did you let her go? And the, the beast looked at the clock and he said, I let her go because I love her. 
He didn't let her go because he wanted to. He let her go because he loved her. Notice what Abraham's doing here. He let he was willing to let Isaac go because he was showing his true love for God. And he showed his love to Isaac. And so potentially, you know, love. And that's the thing about love. Love is not always about you as an individual. Love is not about, well, I want this to work because I want it. I mean, that's great. Obviously, you would want it to work. You know, you wouldn't get into something if you didn't want it to work. But love is not about the the main purpose of love is not for it to work for you because love is not involved with one person. It's involved with two parties. And so being willing to let somebody else go for their good, even though you may not want to, you sacrifice because you love that person. And I don't think um, a lot of people understand that necessarily of letting somebody go because you love them. And Abraham was willing to let Isaac go because guess who he loved more than Isaac? He loved God more than Isaac. And he had enough faith that even if I have to kill him, God can raise him back up or he can allow me to have another son. He had that much faith. And he had that much love for God. You see, and that's a test of true love that you have for another person. Because do you obviously, the person that you care for, don't you want them near you? And don't you want them by you all the time? Why wouldn't you, right? But if it ever gets to the point where by that person being with you causes problems, guess what you want? You want them to be happy even if it's not with you. And that's not easy. And notice the phrasing in verse number one, God did tempt Abraham. This was a test, you know, potentially letting something go, letting a person, potentially letting a a person go can be a test. Potentially, I'm not saying it is all the time, but it can be a, a test to see how much you love that person. Let something I've waited for for so long go. Right. And this is how God tested Abraham. Let me see if he really loves me. Something he waited for for 25 years. I'll ask him to sacrifice it. He's going to test his love for me. Right. And so love will always do what's absolutely best for the other person, even if that's not with you. Now, remember, first Corinthians 13, if you'll turn there. Remember, this is the great, you know, the great love chapter. And, you know, it, it lists some things that love is. But also list some things that love will not do. And so if you look, uh, you know, somewhere around, uh, you know, verse number four says love or charity suffers long and is kind. It envies not. It vaunts not itself. It's not puffed up. It's not prideful. So if love is not prideful. Shouldn't I be willing to let something go? So that person can have things better, right? Shouldn't I want to be able to do that? Because, and this is a true test for your own individual love, you know, phileo and agape. This is a test for both as an individual. If you're willing to let that person go so they can succeed and excel past you or be better without you, that shows that you really love that person. Because guess what love will never do? 
It's not puffed up. So if you're not willing to do that, then that shows what type of love you have. It's selfish. Well, I want it because I want it. Or I want it because it's only mine. Love is willing to do whatever it takes so the other party will always succeed past you. So imagine if you have two people that have that type of mindset that no matter what happens, I will do what's absolutely best for you, even if that means me leaving the picture. Then what if the other party had the same feeling about about you or about me? I'm going to do what it takes uh, to make sure that you're always okay, And if I'm ever in your way, I'm going to let you go. And so you have both people with the attitude of I want what's best for you. And then the other person, I want what's best for you. You know, and, and that's what love will always do. And notice verse five, it doesn't behave itself unseemly. And watch, love will never seek after its own. And so love will not be prideful. Love will not always want to hold it for itself. But it's not easily provoked either. And it thinks no evil. Right. Love will do all of these things. And so one thing that you can do, and especially and I'm talking to me as well, especially while you're single, not saying that married people aren't. um, What's the right word? Aren't exempt from this, but especially while you're single, work on your phileo love, your brotherly love, but also work on the agape love, because at some point in your life. It's going to be tested. And so the phileo love, yes, we have that with our brethren, but we should have the agape love for them too. But then you have a special type of love for a special person in your life. And you have to be able to make maybe some tough decisions and you'll really have to show your true agape love. And so you see how love will always sacrifice and you see how love will always wait. And you see how love will always be willing to let go because love always wants what's absolutely best for the other person. And and one more quick thing, going back to Abraham in Genesis chapter 22, when he was willing to let Isaac go, Abraham had enough faith that even after I let him go, the Lord will bring what I need in my life eventually. And I think that's a great message in Genesis chapter 22 for single people. Um, Even if I have to let something go, even if I have to let someone go and they exceed past me and they do great things without me and they're doing great without me. I have to have enough faith and you have to have enough faith that even though you let that person go and they're excelling and you want them to because you love them, even though they may be excelling without you you have to have enough faith individually in the lord that he will put exactly who he needs to put in your life it may be that person down the road who knows but it may be somebody entirely new but you have to have enough faith number one to let the person that you love go but then you also have to have enough faith in god that he'll put who he needs to back in and that is hard that is very difficult no wonder genesis 22 1 called this a test because that is hard that is very hard to do but you know in both of those cases it also proves and it tests your love towards god 
God, I may not understand right now why you want me to let this person go. I may not understand right now why you want me to be in this situation. But I do understand that even though I don't understand, I understand at some point you will put exactly what you want in my life when it's time and when it's ready. And so this is a great message for us as brethren to love one another. But this is also a good message as for, you know, relationships and all that stuff with brethren in terms of, you know, marriage, boyfriend, girlfriend relationships. It's a great message because it shows that love is not about you. Right. It's about the other person. It's about the brother. It's about showing your fidelity towards God. And so love will always do these things. And love will always wait. Love will always do what's best. Love will always let go. But love, Genesis chapter 22, love will always trust that God will make the right choice, even if it's seven years, but he'll make the right choice. And so my question to you and to myself, how much do you trust God? Thanks, guys.